0: Like hey beer. everyone! If you like the Roast West it Coast Coffee Podcast, you might also appreciate the I Like Beer the Podcast. Listening to these guys is like being a fly on the wall of the pub with a few of your favorite mates having a pint. These professional beer appreciators have plenty of stories to share on everything from the mating habits of penguins to their behind-the-scenes brewery experiences. Check out the I Like Beer the Podcast wherever you are listening to this show about coffee, or head to iLikeBeerThePodcast.com. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. We are still in season four, and this is episode eighteen. I'm Ryan Wolt, and this is the show where I bring you the stories of coffee professionals, entrepreneurship, and coffee education. Today I'm joined by Tyler Whitehead. He is the founder and head roaster of Ignite Coffee Company in Oceanside, California. You may have heard me mentioning his company as one of this show's roast industry partners. Tyler and I recorded our first chat about a month ago. It was his first appearance on any podcast, and he did pretty well. It's always difficult to distill the effort and work that goes into starting a business into bite-sized pieces. After our official interview was over, the tape kept rolling, and with Tyler's permission, I'm going to share some of our post-interview conversation with you today as well. For our younger audience, rolling tape is a reference to an ancient form of audio recording. As you'll hear later on, There was some news about Tyler's company that he didn't want to put out into the world until it was official, so I made a point to check in with him periodically to see if we were ready to publish this episode. In what was a great example of the roller coaster that entrepreneurs ride when starting a new business, things didn't go quite as planned, and our timelines got moved, so just a few days ago, Tyler and I connected again, and we hit record one more time so we could provide an update at the end of this episode. I think that anyone who has started a business will relate to the push and pull of emotion that Tyler has been on, and anyone who hasn't will get a chance to learn a little bit more about the side of the business that you sometimes can't control. If you've got a moment while listening today, I'd appreciate it if you'd head to roastwestcoast.com and subscribe to the newsletter. You'll find show recaps, more coffee news, education, and updates on what is happening with guests and partners of this show. The newsletter is always free, but we don't mind if you decide to pay for a subscription. It's how this show gets made. Or you could just buy us a cup of coffee or leave a tip. It all goes back into the creation of this coffee podcast. Speaking of coffee, it's time to go fill up your mug, or refill it, or at least start the brew because it is time for not one, but two, maybe two and a half conversations with Tyler Whitehead, founder and head coffee roaster at Ignite Coffee Company in Oceanside, California. Welcome to the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast, Tyler. If you could just tell us your name, what your business is, and your job title there. And man, I've been asking people what their favorite Ninja Turtle is, but nobody seems to know what the Ninja Turtles are anymore. So how about what was your favorite cartoon growing up?
1: So my name is Tyler Whitehead. I'm an owner, roaster for Ignite Coffee Company. Um, I also help run my dad's business in Oceanside, California as well. It's called Ty's Burger House. So whenever my dad's not there, I, I run it from. So it keeps him busy. So I'm not going to lie. I had a look at the Ninja Turtles, and I would say the Leonardo would be my favorite because of the blue. But other <laughs> cartoon that I like, oh, that's a good question. I, lo- I watched a lot of SpongeBob growing up. So I would say SpongeBob.
0: I've never seen an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> it's pretty. I great. know what it is from memes, but it just was never my thing. So we're from different generations, but that's okay. We still, we still like coffee.
1: Yeah,
0: that's what we have in common. So let's start there. When did coffee come into your life? What is? What do you remember about it coming into your life? And was there ever kind of a moment that you know really kind of inspired you just to, to start digging into it further?
1: So. To be honest, it's funny, I had never really drank coffee in the early parts of my life. I only started drinking coffee when I got into college. And it was just one of those things where I just needed to stay up longer and keep awake to study. So that's all what coffee kind of did for me during that me time. So I was going to San Diego State and I would always go to Mostra Coffee. That was like five minutes away from me. And so they are one of the main companies, one of the very first companies that kind of inspired me to at least start thinking about the possibility of coffee maybe is because whenever I went there, everybody was there on the same time. And usually the same people trying to get work done and the baristas would know who I am. I was like, Hey Tyler, you want this or this today? And so I don't know. I always thought that was just a really special thing in the coffee industry. And just, it's a community aspect, which I really loved a lot. And so I not only love the community aspect of it, but I'm a business student and grew up from an entrepreneurial family. So always made me curious of how coffee is like distributed basically i didn't i mean i didn't know what it was like back then so i looked up like farming harvesting how it's harvest shipping going through an importer going through a wholesale account then finally gets to the roaster's hands to roast and then they ship it off to the barista to make and so there's so many different hands that it had to go through before you and i can drink that cup and there's also a lot of different steps where that coffee can get ruined or whatever, there's a lot of opportunities for it not to get to the final destination. And so that always made me really think how cool it is for us to just share this amazing product around the world.
0: Sure. I I would like to point out that your college coffee shop has won Coffee Roaster of the Year, and my college coffee shop is better known for pancakes. (laughs) So a little spoiled. Yeah, that's that's very cool. So you were going to school at SDSU, and I don't know if you mentioned it or if I just knew it, but as a business student, prior to deciding you were going to open your own business, you're surrounded by an entrepreneurial family. You said, "What kind of motivation or inspiration did that have on you? What were you doing before the coffee company came along, like that led you down this path?"
1: They were a giant support system and just overall encourager. So going back to my great-grandparents, they were entrepreneurs, and then my grandma and my grandpa were entrepreneurs, and then my dad and my aunt are entrepreneurs. So from an early age, I knew right away I wanted to start a business. I just didn't exactly know what business I wanted to own. And so just kind of just going through life, maturing, and just kind of figuring things out, I landed on coffee. And I'm happy I chose it. not going to look back and just going to keep pressing forward. Um, so yeah, my family had a huge role in that. And so it's just really nice or just, it's been an amazing opportunity to grow up in an entrepreneurial family because I understood what it took to make a business successful. When my dad first started Burger House, for the first three or four years, he was working seven days a week, all day. It's a grind. So I understand that you got to put a lot of time and effort into whatever business you decide to start. And so I also learned... I should probably pick something that I actually do like a lot and that I could see myself doing for many, many, many years down the road. And obviously, I love coffee. Roasting has been a complete joy and a lot of fun. And I can definitely see myself doing that long term. And so when I kind of put those two and two together, I was like, took that leap of faith and jumped and letting see where it takes me
0: how did you start learning the process of roasting Uh, you jumped into roasting instead of opening a coffee shop and buying someone else's beans what made you decide that and then how did you start learning that
1: the university of youtube youtube has been amazing (laughs) mill city has a bunch of great resources on youtube that are totally free and i just started watching those videos i'm like oh my gosh this is so cool this is for free And so that's, I ended up buying a mill city just because they have so many great resources. And so when I finally got my roaster, I would have YouTube right next door, right next, sitting next to me. And while I'm roasting, I'm watching YouTube. And for the first six or seven months of after getting the roaster, I just roasted. Like I just gave out free coffee. I just roasted for fun. And so um, it was a great learning experience.
0: Was that part of your business or part of your learning? Because I'm thinking about it like I'm giving away free coffee and I'm going to deduct it on my taxes. But I'm wondering if for you at that point, you had already made, you'd already passed that point where you knew coffee was the thing you were going to go to. Yeah, I definitely do. I was going to
1: do coffee roasting business, but I just wanted to make sure i am going to put out a good product before I launch. And so I wanted to make sure I got everything dialed. But looking back now, Definitely improved a lot since then and probably shouldn't have launched, but it is what it is, but still a learning experience. And so, yeah, I just had six to seven months. I told myself, I'm not going to sell a single bean. I'm just going to give it out to friends and just taste it myself. And once I feel comfortable of uh, launching something, that's when I am I
0: decided to launch. Sure. That was spoken like a true entrepreneur where you look back and think it wasn't good enough. Yeah. Oh, and I always think that you always got to improve to be one percent every day earlier you mentioned that you had besides your dad in the burger house uh, other family that I'm just wondering if they were all in hospitality or you had seen people working in other industries because hospitality is unique in the type of demands so my great-grandfather before he passed
1: away they moved to Mexico to start a porta potty company in Mexico and got contracted through the Olympics Then he also had an oil company there as well and then my grandma At the same time, started a a baby clothing line and moved back to the States. But so they came from more of a retail background in that sense. And my dad had zero experience in a restaurant. He might have worked McDonald's in high school, but that was the extent of that. And decided, well, we'll take a shot at this burger thing, see if it works out. And 12 years later, I would say it's, it's been working out pretty well.
0: So once you decide to open the the coffee roasting company and you've been working on your beans, and I'm assuming you're thinking about this the whole time, kind of the first big thing that people do is name their business or start making a list of names. So I'm wondering about your company, which is Ignite Coffee Company. IgniteCoffeeCompany.com is where people can find it. Where did the name come from? Uh, What inspired it? What does it mean to you?
1: That is a great question. Slightly embarrassing answer. (laughs) but i was incredibly bad at figuring out names for different things and i'll get to this later but even for my blend it took me a long time to figure out my blend name so i just had a list on my phone of different names i could possibly use and so nothing was sticking uh it just wasn't quite there yet but I remember exactly the moment and where I was when I realized Ignite was going to be my name. I was at San Diego State at the gym working out after a long day of studies, and I was listening to a business podcast called Untrayed Leadership. And during the podcast, forgetting the guy's name, but anyways, he was talking about how you need to ignite your employees' passions. Of And I couldn't even tell you what he said after that. When he said Ignite, I just knew right away, that's it. I left the gym right away. Went home, went to GoDaddy, looked up IgniteCoffeeCompany.com, it was available, bought it. And then I went straight to Instagram, Facebook, and whatever else, and it was all available. And I was like, this is this is, this is is what it is. And so I'll, I just took the name.
0: It does get hard to find names that haven't been taken, and not just for the domain, but for the social media, because you don't yeah. want... even Not that two businesses can't have similar names, especially in different yeah. areas, but online is so prevalent that you have to kind of be aware of what else is out there.
1: Yeah. Especially if you put any sort of like special characters in your username, that always kind of throw people off a little bit.
0: And then the logo is a lion. How does that relate to the name? So I come from a
1: Christian background and I'm pretty involved with my church and with ignite, I want to ignite people's passions in life and What the Lion represents to me is how God wants us to be as children of God, where he wants us to be bold, courageous, and just be an overall leader of our community. And so that's what the Lion kind of represents to me of what we should embody on our day-to-day basis.
0: Interesting. Well, The Lion uh, logo that is on the bags, which is, is really well done. Was that a design that you came up with on your own or that you, you hired someone out? I mean, and the reason I ask is because I think especially starting out, a lot of entrepreneurs try to do everything themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have that tendency as well, but I listen to a lot, enough podcasts and family pouring in where you can't do it by yourself. You have to surround yourself with good people. And at the time, I went up the street from Burger House, Ty's Burger House in Oceanside, where they do logo designs, that sort of thing. Initially, I went there, and they gave me a good framework. And then when I moved down to San Diego State, my roommate is a world-class graphic artist. And he was like, let me just mess around with it. If you don't like it, don't use it. But if you like it, I'll send you the files. And he's what he made it in today, and I couldn't thank him enough. He's just a master of what he does.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about starting the business. Are you graduated from San Diego State, or are you still in school?
1: Yeah, no, I graduated in 2020. So my last, sem- well, last half a semester at San Diego State was when COVID shut this entire world down, went online, and then graduated that following May. So I was been out for a little while, but I had to put Ignite on the back burner for a little bit because of COVID, and I helped my dad just run the restaurant while. We're trying to maneuver through COVID and we only had my dad, myself, and then two cooks for the whole time. So I just had to put Ignite on the back burner for a little bit until we kind of got our feet under ourselves um, during the pandemic. And then I ironically reignited Ignite. (laughs)
0: Uh, That is part of that being part of a family business is stepping in when people need you. Total. I have a very clear recollection of being about 14 and quitting on a Friday night in my family restaurant. And uh, my dad coming home and asking what I was doing, you know, playing video games. And uh, I said, I, you know, I quit. I don't want to do this. You know, some, I don't want to come back to the restaurant. And he just kind of didn't get, didn't get mad at all. He just kind of looked at me and he said, Okay, that's fine. He goes, but now you work for free because you're family. He goes, "You can quit your job, but now you're just helping your dad because yeah, we need you." You always tried no matter what.
1: <laughs>
0: so that was uh uh roughly 1993. So I think things have changed a bit, I hope, but maybe not. Even before my
1: dad opened the restaurant, my grandma had a, a clothing store here at the same uh, establishment. And I gosh, I was maybe like 12, 13. And I was still working. <laughs> and I was working. I was pushing little buttons on the cash register. So it's so, always so it's always funny when you have family working with each other.
0: You get started young. It's like it, you probably learn things that you shouldn't learn early, but you also you see you see that foundation of what it takes to work hard. I want to ask you a little bit about your coffee sourcing, since you mentioned that you did a bunch of research when you were looking into coffee in the first place. What does it mean to you to have ethically sourced coffee and how do you implement that into your business?
1: It's huge. Well, I was, I just, to be honest, I didn't even know where to go when I first started looking for sourcing greens. And I think it was partially because I just didn't know exactly how to look it up properly because I didn't know the terminology back then. But I was watching a show called The Prophet and it was a guy, his name is Marcus Limonis. He owns Camping World and he had this show. Um, and he had a, an episode on a green coffee wholesaler in Orange County and I was watching I'm like oh my gosh this is so cool this is exactly what I need right now and so from that whole show I looked them up and they pay a more of a premium to their farmers to have a higher quality of life and that was really big for me and obviously you can find cheaper coffees somewhere else at the end I mean people do it, which I mean, it is what it is. But I wanted to make sure that where I'm buying my coffee from was they're getting a good end of the deal as well. I don't want to cut them uh, part of the deal where I'm making more money on my end. I want to make sure that they have a good quality of life and they to support their family because they have, they have to support their family as well. And so I just want to make sure that I found a place that had the same vision
0: as me. Have you had the opportunity to do any traveling to places where they make coffee?
1: Not yet, but I would love to. COVID definitely slowed things down in that sense, but I'm getting married in about a year and a half, and I half-jokingly told to my fiance, hey, let's go to Costa Rica for our honeymoon so I can go to coffee farms. And she was like, oh my gosh, I would love that. And so we might go might go to Costa Rica for our honeymoon so I can go to coffee farms not only for coffee farms, but for the honeymoon as well. <laughs> so it might be my 1st pet at-origin
0: trip <laughs> for my honeymoon. Hey, you got to combine those things. you know, yeah. uh, You know. When you own the business, it's your whole life. Uh, everyone's involved. So that's something yeah. actually that hasn't come up a lot on the show, but being an entrepreneur or starting your own business is something that you make a choice for, not just yourself, but for whoever is part of your life. Because... Yeah you will have days or nights or weekends or moments that are impacted by that. That's true of any job, but maybe less so a nine to five, excuse me, less so a nine to five. You mentioned earlier your your kind of your coffee blend, which you did send to me, which I I really appreciate, called Nifty Fifty. I also tried your Sumatra and I sent you a message afterwards. And this is just me being an ass and arrogant, but like I was like, okay, new roaster, you know, who knows if it'll be good or not. But At the end of the day, I had like eight different companies to sample on my counter. And I really, I I sent you a message saying that day, like, this is my favorite of the batch, like of all the ones that I'm trying today. I was really impressed. I appreciate this. Yeah, you're welcome. And I don't say that lightly because this show doesn't do reviews or anything like that, but it was really good. And the coffee named Nifty 50 is named after something that we're mutually uh, passionate about, which is photography. Tell me how photography fits into your life and where that name comes from and how it's going to stay incorporated into your world after you start the business or get the business really up and running.
1: Totally. So photography has been in my life for the past 13, 14 years. My very first shoot that I did was on film, taking photos of my friend surfing in Solana Beach. And ever since then, it's just been uphill from there. And when I first started doing photography, I started training for surfing companies. And that's where I met my mentor, and still is to this day. And he just showed me the ropes. I took one photography class in school, and that was it. But my mentor taught me everything else that I know about photography. And it's just been such a cool avenue to just not only express myself, but just to capture, going back to my Christian roots, but just God's creation and like I love going to Yosemite and Joshua Tree and just being able to capture those magnificent places just like places that just doesn't even make sense that is there and so that's been a really cool opportunity and just being able to take photos of really special moments that we can relive later with that going with my coffee company it just Selfishly, I'm glad I'm in photography because it's going to save me a lot of money in the long run. (laughs) Because if I had to hire out friends, taking photos for all my posts would be very expensive. So I'm incredibly grateful that I have photography in my back pocket that I can utilize. I just hired a friend of mine that she's going to be doing a lot more of the content for me for Ignite moving forward, which I'm really happy about. She's an amazing creative, amazing photographer. She did a shoot the other day. and It looked like would be a cover magazine of Time or Vogue. It was just unreal. So I'm really excited to bring her on board. Bummed I won't be doing as much content, but as a business owner, you have to make sacrifices in putting it where somebody else is better at than you are or just have maybe a little bit more time to
0: do that for you. Sure, that value add for the time is is a big one. Yeah. You know, social media takes up a lot of time and energy to do well. And- a ton of time. I always worry that it takes up more time than I get in return from it. So you're always making those balancing acts across your business. Yeah, no, absolutely. We've talked a little bit, you've talked a little bit so far about the impact of religion and Christianity on your life and on this business. How do you think that will benefit you going forward? I have a bit of a religious background, although I wouldn't consider myself religious now. So I'm wondering for you, what does it mean to have that? And does it impact you as an entrepreneur? I'm not, I shouldn't assume that it does. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And one thing that I have learned from my dad is as entrepreneurs, we get an opportunity to give back. And my dad gives back to his church a lot. And there's a church right around the street, or right, sorry, excuse me, right around the corner from Burger House. And they do a monthly men's breakfast the first Saturday of every month, I believe. And so like stuff like that is just a really cool opportunity to have where you can either donate your time, space, or just financials to give back to the church. And so that's one thing that I'm really excited about is to not only give back to my church, but to give back to the community of Oceanside because Oceanside just I'm in love with. And it's just a great community to be a part of. So it's just a great opportunity to just kind of meet people where they are and just help where you can.
0: Sure. Oceanside is your home. I believe there is a potential cafe in the works for you. Yes. Will that be in Oceanside? And as you know, what are what are the plans that you can share right now? Yeah.
1: So I'm really it's my business took a complete 180 in the last two and a half weeks. Uh originally I was going down the wholesale route where I was looking at a warehouse between Oceanside Escondido to set up my roaster, set up my production area, and just roast for coffee shops and different wholesale accounts. And that was the plan. And kind of going back to what it takes to be an entrepreneur and especially getting married and having a family. At first, I didn't wanna open a shop because of the time that it requires from people because with hospitality, with any hospitality, it requires seven days a week for the most part and takes a large portion of your life. And so, I knew that was a struggle that I didn't really want to do but I didn't totally close the door on it because I just never think it's a good idea to have be super closed-minded on anything in life and so I always kind of kept that door a little cracked for the possibility. So that being said about a week and a half ago I dropped off coffee to one of my wholesale accounts. I was a pastor of another local church actually. And we just kind of sat down and he talked to me what my vision is for Ignite and what I want to be doing in the next five years and that sort of thing, which I do appreciate a lot. And one thing kind of led to another in that conversation. I went back to my dad saying that he's like, maybe just think about opening a shop in Oceanside. And there's a spot that recently closed maybe about a month or so ago. And my dad went up there, called the number. And about a week later, the property manager called, said, this is your spot and super exciting. Uh, the more and more I sit on the idea, the more excited I get about it and the different ideas that I have for it. And kind of going back to the community aspect because I want to incorporate Oceanside as much as I can within my shop. And so with a wholesale business, you couldn't totally do that. You'd still, you still, could, you could still possibly do it, but just be a little more challenging to do. But with a shop, you have a lot more opportunities to be able to cater towards the community and having like special events, fundraisers, and all that sort of thing. So, and also it's not exactly cheap living here. <laughs> for like an, a bed, for like a one bedroom apartment, notion size like $2000, it's just a wall away from being a studio and and obviously I obviously want to have kids with my future wife. And so that's going to be expensive as well. So I just wanted to make sure that we never have to totally stress about affording things like either like last minute things popping up where we need to pay for something for kids. So I don't want to be in a position where we're stressing, like, I don't know how we're going to pay for this. And so I just wanted to make sure that I did something that put a roof over our head, food on the table. And so that's really excited about a coffee shop now.
0: I'm, I'm laughing to myself because to hear that I'm, we're, I want to make sure that, that uh, we're making money, and we have a roof over our heads. I'm only laughing not, not trying to laugh at you, but you're like, so I'm going to take this huge risk and a challenge and start my own business. (laughs) It makes no (laughs) sense. It makes absolutely zero sense. (laughs) That's the type of personality that entrepreneurs have, which I just think is fascinating. Yeah. I think uh, if my dad were listening, um, which he might be, he would say, you know, kids are small. They'll fit in that one bedroom for a while at least. It's true. You know, there's always a corner somewhere that we can dedicate. So that's what your kind of your near future is. Is there a timeline for that? For when you get the keys? For when you start going to work?
1: Hoping to get the keys sometime next week, which is the goal, and then we're shooting tentatively for June to open the doors. That's if everything goes well. And there's already a couple, like the special machine that I'm looking at, has like a three and a half month lead time. The bureau that I'm looking at has about a month and a half lead time, and who knows what the lead times are for like materials like uh, tables, countertops, and all that sort of thing. So we're hoping to open the doors in June, so that's the goal.
0: Are there any other big plans for the future for Ignite Coffee Company or for what you have kind of in your in your pocket? Yeah, so... Depending how
1: this first shop first coffee shop goes, love to open more. But if this one's enough where I don't feel like opening another one, then that's that's what it'll be. But opening a second location would be pretty cool. Maybe to incorporate like a drive through sit in type of shop would be really neat. Yeah, I mean that's kind of all it is for right now at least. I'm just trying to open the coffee shop as quickly as we can. Still trying to get wholesale accounts as well because I'm just going to be a 2 on one type of place where I'm still going to have wholesale accounts and then my retail aspect in front. Um, So I'll take up a good amount of my time.
0: Let's go back to the coffee just for a minute here. What would you say is kind of your attitude towards roasting coffee, and what is it that you're looking for when you're sourcing those coffees?
1: So as a roaster, I'm always trying to improve. Uh, I know I'm still pretty early to the game for coffee roasting, Um, so I'm just trying to educate myself the most when I'm buying greens, what kind of flavors I want to pull out when I'm roasting it. I've been pretty lucky at the coffees that I've bought so far of like everything that I'm kind of looking for in a coffee. You have your coffees that most people can drink. And then I have some coffees that are more floral and notes that people can enjoy. Uh, so I kind of want to try and meet most people's needs. Obviously, it won't be able to meet everybody's needs, but I would say most coffee drinkers' needs. My dad, for example, he used to drink Folgers uh, before. And when I started roasting coffee, he was like, I can't drink Folgers anymore. And so he's not like the big, I mean, he's a coffee drinker, but that's about it. And so if I could get somebody like my dad to drink my coffee, then I'm winning.
0: <laughs> Is there anything we didn't cover today that you want people to know about you, about the company, about uh, what you have planned?
1: I would say maybe just kinda of keep your eyes out. Obviously I I'll fully admit that I'm not the greatest at posting on Instagram right now. Just I try, I really try not to use it as an excuse, but I just
0: I think your last post is of Santa Claus, so yeah, I'd say you're yeah. a little behind. <laughs>
1: and that's my it's funny. I my, that was my future brother-in-law. He's like six-five and 300-something pounds, just a massive human being. He's a strong man. And I bought this super small Santa <laughs> Claus costume. I'm like, fit in it. And so he was a trooper. He took one for the team, uh, which I very much appreciate. Um, so he was a fantastic model and Santa Claus for me. So with my friend coming on board, I'm really hoping to be more active on Instagram. And I'll take full responsibility of me not doing a good job with it so i definitely need to be better about that um so i kind of just say just kind of keep your eyes open for launch date we'll have a soft opening for the shop where people kind of give feedback of what i can improve or kind of keep going along the same lines with and then once we kind of get that squared away we'll have an actual launch of the actual coffee shop
0: very cool until then if you're out and about in oceanside or elsewhere getting a coffee what is it that you like to drink
1: I love Steady State. Steady State's my favorite coffee shop. Their cold brew and drip are amazing. But not only them, but whenever I else go somewhere, another coffee shop that I want to try and go to. And drip or cold brew is
0: the way to go. So I'll finish by just saying, you know, I really appreciate that you came and spent some time with us. I'm excited to see where you guys go with the new shop. And uh, we'll make sure we're directing people to, to pay attention.
1: Yeah, no, and again, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk to me. Uh, it's very much appreciated. So, it's a lot of fun. You made this super easy, and I it was great.
0: And after some logistical talk about the podcast being released, our conversation picked up again after the official interview was over. With Tyler being charmingly humble about his own coffee skills, while uplifting other roasters as he talked about the aspirational aspect of being inspired by other coffee entrepreneurs before getting into the community impact that he hopes his coffee company can create.
1: Besides Mostra, Black Rifle Coffee Company was a big part of pushing me to start, but it kind of transitioned throughout the time of like different roasters and currently in the stage of my career, I guess you could say. Steady State is my absolute dream. I would love to... Even if I could be like a quarter of what Steady State is, I'd be so, so ecstatic. I'm part of their coffee club, and I look forward to getting coffee every third Friday of the month. Is They just know exactly what they're doing, and they just nail it every single time. And one thing that I appreciate, my coffee palate isn't the greatest by any means, and I'll be upfront with it. I'm trying to get better about it a cup weekly and for somebody like me i can still post or i can still pull their coffee notes out of their coffees and for somebody like me i can pull out notes still it's just unbelievable and i just strive to be like that or at least strive to be a little bit about them from them so they're a huge inspiration elliot's great he lives right by me and so he comes from a hospitality background as well obviously and so um, just a great dude to be around incredibly knowledgeable and he owns California Collective in San Marcos where I roast, and that was one of the th- main things I love about roasting out there is there's so many talented roasters in there, and I can kind of just not only build relationships from uh, with them, but to kind of just pick their brains and just see how they do things and how they got to that certain conclusion versus another way of doing things. And even though I graduated from San Diego State, roughly two years, almost two years ago, I always, my motto in life is just got to be a lifelong student. And when you're just a sitting duck, you're not progressing in in life. And I don't mean that to be mean, but it's just my motto of like always trying to be a lifelong student, just be 1% better every day. And a place like Collective allows me to do that, of just being a continual student of the craft of roasting. And so I'm just incredibly grateful that I get to be surrounded by so many amazing roasters. And This is another thing that I absolutely love about the coffee industry is coming from a restaurant background, it can be pretty cutthroat of just restaurants not looking out for each other and just doing their own thing. And one thing I can really appreciate for the coffee industry is that most of them are pretty collaborative with one another. And like, for example, James Coffee will post stories of other coffee shops that they'll go to um, during the month. And I just think that's so cool. Like. What a cool opportunity. I mean, the whole industry itself is just one big community. And I love that. And we're just trying to push each other in a positive direction and just making the craft coffee in San Diego a lot better each year. And when you have people supporting each other and encouraging one another, you'll just help uplift everybody and just uplift the coffee industry in San Diego as a whole as well. And so
0: I think you just uh, explained kind of the goal of the show. Oh,
1: good, good. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know. It's just a cool thing. There's so many great oper- I mean, So many great memories that are made out of coffee. And having these sort of conversations over a cup of coffee is fantastic. And, I mean, I've had friends where we go to coffee shops and we have deep life conversations about stuff. We're just like kind of accountability partners, or and it's over a shared cup of coffee. And it just coffee just makes people just feel safe and more vulnerable, I guess. So I don't know, it's just a, I love it. We're not made to do life alone. Always got to find community no matter where, what stage in life you're in, whether that be in a hospitality, church, wherever else. It's, we're a relational being that we always have to be. That was one thing that was challenging during COVID for me because I love being face-to-face. I mean, this is totally fine too. I mean, I get to talk to you and see you, but it was a hard thing for me because we didn't know what was happening and everyone was like, well, I'm just going to stay home for now. And that was a hard thing for not being able to hang out with friends, talking with them face to face. So it really made me appreciate community and I how much I took it for granted before COVID. And so I really I don't take it as lightly anymore because we just, hopefully this doesn't happen again with another COVID <laughs> 2.0. And that's one thing that I've learned from my dad. Well, one of many things I should say, if I can just keep that whole show. one of many things that I've learned with Burger House is my MBA. People always ask, oh, you're going to go back to get your MBA? No, Burger House is my MBA. And there's so many different things that I've learned. And one thing that I have learned is that there is always something wrong. And you always have to just be on your toes and just being able to just be flexible. And if you have to pivot, you have to pivot but it just have you just have to kind of be
0: somewhat fluid with things sure you have to and you have to have a lot of different skills you know there's there are many different caps yeah running a restaurant or a coffee shop or anything means that you are a service person you are a manufacturing person you are a logistics and operations person so you're probably going to be fixing equipment uh, regularly yeah. yeah you are the person that gets called when the toilet breaks i mean there's no everything there's no ending inside And this is where our conversation turned back to those logistics of releasing the episode. At this moment, Tyler is waiting on the lease agreement so he can sign and get to work in his future cafe space. But as we mentioned, things did not go quite to plan. Tyler and I recently connected again about the journey he's been on since our first conversation. Uh, You're back on the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. Uh, We haven't even aired the interview that we did already. Uh, We're touching base again uh, for a very specific reason. Yeah. And the last time that you were here, uh, you were excited about your brand. You're excited about a new brick and mortar location that you were looking at in Oceanside. You had kind of a verbal agreement on the space and we had decided let's wait a week or so to make it official before we put this podcast out in the world. Yeah. Life seemed pretty good. Yeah. And then some paperwork came through. The lease terms were not as anticipated the deal starts to potentially fall apart and this this brick and mortar location that you weren't even originally planning on having, that all of a sudden you had gotten excited about, starts to slip away. Yeah. What is the emotion of that moment and what was that experience like going through that back and forth?
1: Gosh, it's a great question and I appreciate you having me come back. It was definitely an up and down experience because going back, I mean, my business did a 180. And I had no idea that I was going to have a coffee shop. But then the more I sat on the idea of having a coffee shop and how it would just help me support my family more, I got more and more excited about it and then had all these different ideas and visions for the shop and how to incorporate the community with the shop. And it got me really, really excited. And the each day went by and my dad was getting more excited, so it was just... A really positive time. But then he started sending over different leases that we were didn't quite anticipate getting. And we were a little confused and put back on the terms that he sent us. And then we went back and forth to different proposals. And then we finally agreed on terms that I'm really excited about. But it was a great opp- uh, learning opportunity because I've never really been a part of negotiations very much in my life, and so this was a great opportunity for my negotiation skills to kind of form for later endeavors, but it was a process. It was up and down feelings. I was getting a little discouraged towards the tail end because I just thought maybe this was just gonna fall through and I'd have to go find a different location, which I would have done, but this location that I'm at now, or I will be at, is i mean it's i it's not i love it it's perfect because it's only about a half a block up from my dad's restaurants in downtown oceanside on mission avenue 605 mission avenue it's i mean it couldn't ask for a better spot
0: during that process when you're going back and forth we messaged a little bit and you weren't sure that it was going to work out yeah you just said something i thought was interesting which was that you would have looked for another spot yeah. When we first talked, that part of the, our conversation when we first met was that not having a coffee shop like, was kind of your original plan to be wholesale and yeah. online and subscriptions totally. and that sort of things. Yep. So even if this fell through, you're saying you would have gone through with this idea of having a shop. You've committed to that idea.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm still going to keep the wholesale business on for Ignite, so I'm going to have uh, wholesale business and my retail business um, under one roof at my shop but yeah I would have definitely gone to look it's funny I was actually on LoopNet net uh, looking for different uh, retail spots in Oceanside and I did find one that was pretty close to where I'm gonna be I don't know I mean I'm pretty sure it's public knowledge but handles is coming into Oceanside and there was a spot right next door to where handles will be going in that's available for rent and I called the the uh, real estate guy and asked if we could go tour it, but luckily he never called us back. <laughs> so, and it worked out that um, <laughs> he sent us the, a good lease back, and we signed a dotted line. So it all worked out in the end.
0: I saw a photo of you kind of with your handle on the door to the space or a space, yeah. And but then a picture of the of you inside. Uh, or of the inside of your new space and it's yeah. empty and cleared out and concrete floor yeah. and just you know a lot of potential. What did it feel like to you to go into that space after you knew this was done? This is an official deal.
1: It was kind of an unreal moment because I didn't expect all this to happen so quickly as it did. And just being in a space where I know people come in, hang out, drink coffee with their friends is kind of a surreal moment. Something that I'm really looking forward to uh, kind of gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. I don't know. I don't think there's any right words to describe the moment because it just was so incredible.
0: So now that you you're there, you're working, you're trying to figure this out. What is the timeline? When can people expect the doors at six oh five uh, Mission yeah, <laughs> to I mean. open up? <laughs> yeah. We'll keep saying the address for you. I <laughs> Appreciate it.
1: Um, we're hoping. June, July is kind of the timeline of where we kind of want to open. Our original plan was to open in June, but since the negotiations went back and forth for about a month, it kind of delayed our opening a little bit. Um, The good thing is our architect has a great relationship with the city of Oceanside and the health department. So we're hoping that the process will go by a little bit quicker because he has such a great relationship with both the city and the health department and yeah so for between somewhere june july and actually we're all ordering our equipment today our my espresso machine the drip um and all other stuff the tap we'll have tap cold brew today so hopefully we'll kind of start get the ball rolling on that too
0: since you've been working on this part of your business how have you had to adapt uh, what you were already doing, which was roasting, also working a job while you're going through this process, yeah. you know, and offering your online services? Have you been able to, like, handle it all? Yeah.
1: Uh, well, I've been trying my best. <laughs> uh, just take it day by day. When I do get my shop, it, my schedule is going to be even more wild than what it is now. So it's, I've been practicing going to bed earlier because I'm such a night out. I love staying up. And so I've been practicing going to bed earlier and waking up early because I love working out in the morning and making breakfast. So I've been trying to, it's kind of weird, but I've been trying to practice waking up earlier so I can kind of get into the new routine of having a shop because I'll be working in the shop, I'll close and then I'll come back to my dad's restaurant and work the evening shifts. So trying to be prepared for my body just to be moving all day long is kind of what I'm doing now to be
0: prepared for it. (laughs) Rough, but oh going man, back. I do not miss this at all. <laughs> I'm happy for you, but I'm so glad it's you. <laughs>
1: yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> Lots of coffee. Thank goodness I'll be owning a coffee shop because I'm just gonna be drinking a lot of it.
0: Very cool, Tyler. Um, I appreciate you coming back to give us that update. I'm excited to share this this show. I think having that first part of our show and and now this kind of recap will be really interesting for people. And I think. I think a lot of things, but I think that the the roller coaster of this process is something that most people don't experience when they have like a nine to five or a, yeah. uh, I don't want to say regular job, but just a non-hospitality, non-entrepreneurial job. Yeah. And so I'm sure there'll be a few more roller coasters as you go, and uh, I hope we get a chance to hear about them. Yeah, absolutely. Always have to plan for that unexpected. Congratulations, and uh, definitely looking forward to the opening. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks again for inviting me back. Hope to do this again with you soon. To recap, Tyler's goal as a person, as a coffee roaster, and an entrepreneur is to try to be 1% better every single day. That is an admirable trait, but it is more difficult to achieve than you might think. When you are working and striving towards something, especially starting a business, there are often long plateaus, even times when you take a step backward, and being able to manage those moments both mentally and emotionally to continue working with intentionality is often an indicator of success. Tyler has some built-in foundational support in the form of his family, who were his first examples of entrepreneurship. Then they became teachers, and then colleagues, and now supporters of his own coffee company. And he's staying flexible. From an online sales and wholesale business to a brick and mortar location, he's making the most of the opportunities as they come. Soon he'll be open and roasting coffee on one of the main drags in his hometown of Oceanside, California. And who knows what will come next? And finally, I have never seen an episode of Spongebob Squarepants. That is true. If you want updates on the new Ignite Coffee Company shop, follow at IgniteCoffeeCompany on Instagram. Tyler has promised me that he'll get better about putting news out, and if you want to try some of his coffee before the shop opens, head to IgniteCoffeeCompany.com. Now for a bit of a disclosure. On the show today, I complimented Tyler's coffee, specifically the Nifty 50 House Blend and his Sumatra. Ignite Coffee Company is also a supporter of this show, which could certainly lead you to wonder how honest I'm being, and that's fair. I would do the same thing. It's the reason this show doesn't actively do reviews. I can tell you that I'm being honest when I say I like a coffee or commend another company for their batch brew, which I've done quite a few times on the show. But the other reason I don't do official reviews is that what you like and what I like is subjective. It is based on our experiences, how our taste buds have developed, and what we've learned to be good or not good over time. We learned in a recent Coffee Smarter episode with the Executive Director of Coffee at Lofty Coffee, Siri Simran Culsa, that something roasters and roaster apprentices have to do is to calibrate their tastes to make sure they're having the same flavor takeaways from the cupping table. So, while I can say that I have some experience with coffee tasting, I like what I like, and I think I can identify quality, even if it isn't for me. But unless your tastes have been calibrated to mine, whether or not we'll both enjoy the same cup of coffee is up in the air. That said, I really did enjoy those coffees from Ignite, and I'm really looking forward to trying more. At some point in the near future, Tyler will probably need to hire some employees. If you are looking for a job in coffee, please check out the Coffee Jobs thread on roastwestcoast.com. It is still very, very new, but it is growing. You can also follow at Roast West Coast on Instagram. I'm sharing new jobs in the stories with the hashtag coffeejobs as I come across them. Thank you for listening today. I'll be back with another Coffee Smarter Session, our first with Jared Hales of Hasea Coffee Source in Anaheim. He was a guest on a show earlier this season, and now he's joining us as an expert from the coffee broker-buyer side of the industry. On his first Coffee Smarter episode, we jump into green coffee buying for beginners. I also want to thank this show's other coffee industry partners. Café La Terre, who just opened their second location in Encinitas, California. Moster Coffee Company, Leap Coffee, Marea Coffee, Steady State Coffee Roasting, Coffee Cycle Roasting, Camp Coffee Company, Cape Horn Coffee Importers, First Light Whiskey, and Zumbar Coffee and Tea that's all for today's show this episode of the roast west coast coffee podcast is was has been written produced and recorded by me ryan wolt i hope this podcast has found you happy healthy and with at least enough sanity and coffee to make it through the day and please always tip your baristas and be sure to drink good coffee there thank you for listening all the way to the end you are the best if you liked this episode of the roast west coast coffee podcast and you want us to produce more of this coffee content i would really appreciate it if you would consider buying us a cup of coffee or signing up for that monthly paid subscription to the roast west coast coffee newsletter i know you can get it for free but subscriptions is how we generate revenue to keep this show going and with enough subscribers we'd be able to focus on creating coffee content for you all day, every day. It's a great way to show appreciation for this show. Just head to roastwestcoast.com to subscribe or leave a tip. Thank you for listening, everyone.